So I'm interviewing Submarine, pretty good friend of mine, plays Sniper, Asian player, one of the few Asian players I actually interact with, and um, he's played a decent bit in other regions as well. But today I'd like to talk to him about uh, some of the concerns in the Asian region and a bit about coding as well. But uh, I'll start off with some more simple, sort of competitive, history-focused questions for himself, and uh, go and introduce yourself. Uh, hello, my name is Submarine. I played a lot of regions. I think I've played every region except South America. I think. Unless there's like an African league I'm not aware of, but yeah. Played not really. a lot of leagues. Played a lot of leagues, a lot of regions. A ton of Highlander experience in like every region at this point, basically, yeah. And I used to be an admin, co-admin with Clarity in the past uh, for UGC Asia specifically. Uh, I I think the highest division I've quote unquote played in is uh, Asia Fort Div One, but I wouldn't really consider myself a Div One player necessarily. Uh, I play a ton of Sniper and Highlander, Scout Medic and Sixes, and that's basically it. I have a decent amount of connections and friends in basically every region except South America. Okay. So, um, what got you into Highlander initially, or competitive initially? Uh, what got me into competitive was actually... I think it was because I wanted to just start beat... I know, I just wanted to take the games a bit more seriously. I wanted to get good at the game for some reason. Well, I think I regret that choice now, but I don't regret it that much, necessarily. I still had fun. Getting good, quote unquote. And, but uh, uh, my my main inspiration for getting into it and getting like guided through it was probably through a guy called Del Dongo. He's a uh, invite spy. I think some people might know Del Dongo. He was uh, I watched the stream a lot. Uh, oh, he yeah, kind of sure. indirect. He kind of indirectly taught me a lot about like spy and Highlander and all that. Gave me my oh. speech pattern and sense of humor as well somehow. <laughs> the schematics. Yeah. So um. Yeah, he gave me the. Sorry, as you're saying. Uh, nothing. Oh, so what was it like starting out in uh, Asia Highlander? In Asia oh, Highlander? um, so the era that I got into Asian Highlander was kind of like it was the weaning area of like the golden age. I feel I kind of got into it a bit late. It was definitely not prime time Highlander, but getting into it was. It's not an easy thing to get into at all in the slightest because because the player pool is so small, the skill gap tends to start you know getting wider and wider as you, as it keeps going on. Like even now, I still see a lot of like you know some some people in Asian Highlander pugs complain. Oh, can we just ban new players? Like they suck so bad. Like holy shit, on this all. And that was kind of like my experience, I'll be real, when I first started playing. Uh, like, I think, I think I signed up for Spy in my first pug, and then uh, uh, Sedna, one of the pug admins, literally told me to get on heavy because I was just like mega feeding on Spy. So, you know, <laughs> the new player experience isn't amazing for Asia Highlander. It's a pretty tough experience because, okay. yeah. Um. So in reflection of your other region like you playing in other regions is there anything you felt asia did particularly well at like as a region of play so as a region of play asian highlander has 
got to be the worst region possible. But like, what would you say its strongest benefit is? Like, the strongest benefit of Asian Highlanders probably once you're in the community, you're kind of never getting out of it. Like, you'll basically just be here forever, kind of like no matter like how bad no, no no matter like how bad you are as long as you're in the community nobody will actually care about how you how well you do it's just getting into like the general you know consciousness of like players i guess like as long as you get into it it'll, it'll be fine eventually and what was people it like for you care. sorry what's that uh people will just eventually stop caring about oh, like stop. how you perform at some point when okay. you get into it so it's like pretty closely knit, yeah? Yep. Okay. So what was your experience getting into other regions like? Oh, getting into other regions was honestly a matter of just putting out an LFT post, honestly. Mostly just starting with an, started with an LFT post. But for Australia specifically, it was um, my, my IRL friend called Jamal. His in-game name is Jamal. And we go to the same school together, and he started playing Oz Fortress. And he said, hey, you should play Oz Fortress. And I'm like, really? So he got me into like the first seeded like, open team for my first season. And I ended up winning open Oz in my first season, which was like, like 200 ping. I think I got accused of cheating halfway through as well. Nice. Uh, okay. For Europe, I just put out an LFT post and just contacted some guy, and then I just got in. For RGL, same story. I just put an LFT post, contacted some guy, and then I just got in. So, so what was base. your... Uh, what was my one? Sorry. No, no, you were saying there was base, like, basically... Um, There's basically no difficulty for me getting into, like, out-region teams, because... Uh, I don't know, I, I like, because, like, according to, like, my Asian medals, quote-unquote, right, it looked like I was a good player. Right. Back then, I probably wasn't, honestly, but, you know, I still got these. Okay, so, what was your initial impression of the other regions? I immediately knew that they were 100% better, and they were a lot bigger, just entirely, like, on another level of big, because... <laughs> One division in ETF twelve like open is like the entirety of Asia times two. Right. Yeah. So how were you treated by the community and by the teams and players as an out of region player? Honestly, they treated me pretty well. I mean, I think it might just be like a team, like the players in the team kind of thing, but hmm. I was I treated pretty fairly well in the teams that I was in. However, other teams, I believe, did not appreciate my hyping, uh, I, especially in Australia. Um, <laughs> man, a man named Cobra truly believed that 200 ping helped me snipe better. Hmm. Uh, did it feel like the leagues uh, particularly helped you, like, accommodated you at all? Oh, RGL definitely did not accommodate me in the slightest. RGL, in fact, tried to hinder me as much as possible, because there's oh? a certain limit of out-of-region players that you can have on a team, so... Would you say yeah. that's them directly trying to hinder you, though? Or I just... don't think it's directly me they're trying to hit. I think they're just trying to prevent, like, right. entirely European teams from showing up, basically. But it's just, like, yeah, like, their priority isn't really on out-of-region players. Exactly. So I think they're just trying to, like, prevent, like, an all-European all-star team from showing up one day <laughs> and just kind of 
ruining the state of a certain division. Yeah. So let's go back to what motivated you to start playing in other regions and like higher ping at weirder hours. You um, said you became an admin, right? For yes, uh, I did become an admin for uh, UTC Asia. Yeah, UTC Asia. And how did that go? What were your experiences? Oh, what was my experience that? Uh, it was a pretty horrible experience. I'm gonna be real. The reason why is mostly because the UTC Asia head admin Clarity is very bad at his job. How so? Like judgment wise. So and okay, it's a matter of where do I even begin? Because there's a lot to get into, I believe. So. I think the most obvious thing that basically every Asian player knows is that Clarity is very corrupt as an admin, and he only does things that will benefit him, essentially. So let's say he'll always seed his team first in in like a division, right? So he has like an advantage from the start, basically. Or he'll always give favorable matchups, like he did with. Uh, one of his teams that he was in, he always gave the favorable matchups at some point in sixes. Uh, mm. He always took the side of his team that he was in. Uh, prime example would probably be Ambulus, probably one of the best Asian Highlander teams to have ever existed. And the only reason Sedna ever kept him on the leader was because he was in that, and he always favored the team mm. over, like, the, you know, from an unbiased, instead of an unbiased opinion. I see. And you'd say that's a, like pretty harmful, especially for like a smaller community like that. Yeah, it is. It is very harmful for a smaller community. Like it is probably the most detrimental thing to have ever happened to Asian Highlander. I think the most egregious thing he probably has done was probably coerce a team into forfeiting. As an admin. As an admin, he coerced uh, one of a lower-ranking team to, uh, or like a lower-skilled team to forfeit against Ambulus. Mm. He coerced, uh, he coerced them, and, and it was it was only to screw over the the point differential that a certain team would have had if they had like if if um if they had actually played the match essentially. So he did it to screw over the point differential possibility. Because the I think the team that was in comp in competition with Ambulus were tied for points, but the only difference was the match the uh, map map points basically. Hmm. And did so. the community like get upset over this? Did they try and do anything? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. People were definitely upset, but only a little bit later when everybody started knowing about it. I'd say. I mean, I think only I, even then, I think only select people actually did care because Highlander is pretty minimal or like a pretty second-hand game mode in Asia because six takes a lot of priority okay and what happened then oh um, I think even more stuff came about about uh, more stuff came about Clary about like his other misdeeds like I think for a certain Korean team um, he misinterpreted what the Korean was uh, the other the Koreans were saying and he banned one of their players for about two years, I think, for insulting an admin, quote-unquote, even though if you translate his sentence in Korean properly, he never said any slurs, no, nothing against the admin ever. And did so, any of the other admins try and do anything about this? 
I definitely tried to do something about it. I told General Nick about it. I told Fornod about it. I told uh, Snowblind about it. But I don't know. They just never did anything about him. So. And what happened to you as an admin? Oh, I just kind of resigned, quote unquote, basically. I mean, I kind of just got like shadow, shadow fired. Is that how it works? And I just like I left the server and, and just got my rules removed and then joined back later as a normal player. Was there any specific catalyst to that? Um, I think it was just everybody being fed up with it and just the blatant, just straight up blatant up, just like admin power was just on display, honestly. I think everybody just got fed up with it, especially one one player, Gale. He was the one who made of a, of a document in the first place. Oh, yes, the document. Yeah. I'll go and showcase yeah. that for a bit now. So, question. Yes. RSL was a thing, right? Like RSL Asia? Yes, RSL Asia was a thing. And what happened with that? Why didn't it take uh, off if UGC and the UGC admins were so corrupt? I I genuinely believe that it's because the metal sucks. There's no other reason besides other than the metal sucks, and that's literally it. Hmm, okay. And besides, I mean, besides that, I guess RSL doesn't really advertise that hard to Asian players as much. Like they don't really try to. Like UGC is always like has always been like the main main thing for Asian players all the time. So it's hard to like get away from it. I guess even despite the admins being you know very corrupt. And RSL Asia was they definitely tried. There was. Um, there was I think, not like 10 teams at some point and it's, I guess it's okay 10 teams single div honestly nothing new in Asia a single div in 10 teams and all varying of degrees of skill nothing new really but I guess that was kind of a peak season hmm. they did try to do two divisions but they ended up reverting it back to one division at some point uh, for one of the recent-ish seasons um Besides that, I think it's just every Asian player, even in casual, just kind of gravitates towards UGC because that's like the most popular thing. Right, right. Like, so they don't really know about RSL or any about that. The only people who play RSL is like probably the people that got into competitive and kind of played it for a season or two, and they just know what RSL is. But for the first-time teams, they don't really sign up to RSL, I believe. Hmm. They just don't know about it. And how right. long has this whole clarity issue gone on for? I don't know, ever since he was Madden, basically. For like as long as his career has been a thing, it's always been an issue. And UGC is just perfectly complacent in this, like I I don't know, like I I think that General Nick General Nick or not Snowblind, I've told like all three of them, I think right. personally, that Clarity is doing something completely wrong and he's definitely abusing his power. And were they and shown I any just, proof? I mean, I literally showed them the evidence, hmm. like the text, the text logs, the seedings, literally everything, and they just, I do not know why they don't fire him, honestly. And it's kind of funny, because it's like, you look on any, like, an, like, th like 90% of TFD TV threads, and anytime there's, like, anti-RGL sentiment, General Nick is, like, hopping on it, like, playing the PR game, but then it's just, like, they're just complacent in this, just the strangling of a region, essentially. Yeah, it is kind of insane how he just let Clarity do the things he does. Even even recently, like he he's um he's still the head admin, right? And then uh, he played 
or he was rostered on the silver team because now there's actually free divisions in ATF till now, thank God. However, he isn't. He was in a silver team, and that silver team, um, I believe, still got like somewhat biased results, even if it wasn't shown a biased matchup somewhat. But I don't. I think. Actually, no, 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 I'm wrong about that. Uh, somebody else managed the silver matchups. However, admin still strong-armed the silver admin into request into accepting a lot of his requests. Hmm. So there's that. Um, so and also there was a re there was a banned player on his team, technically. Or um, so the Highlander season finished before the main sixes season, right? And in this main sixes season, there was a player on the same team as this Highlander team that got banned for alting and account sharing, right? Two people. And those two, and the, or the, the account in question that was being account shared was also on his silver team, right? And the stats, like the accuracy and like the DM kind of matched up with the person who was account sharing with a Div 1 player. Right? Right. And in grand finals everybody could see it. This guy was playing way better than usual. And this is uh back just... this is at the top of the document ish? Yeah, no no no. Like this was really recent. So what the, the document you're looking at now was kinda whatchamacallit, kinda outdated, outdated question. Wow. But it's still a lot of stuff that he did back then. But uh after what this after this um after this, like, not much stuff has happened, but there's still some stuff that he did after this. Uh, but, but that's basically a collection of things he's basically done wrong in his career. And when was this document released? I think last year. So 2021. I think last year, two years ago. No, it was two years ago, actually. The two-year two speed run. It was two years ago. So what do you think the Asian players are able, like, can do about this? Thing they could realistically do is just go to RSL, but nobody really wants to play RSL. I think. Hmm. How? How do you think they you could get them to switch to RSL? <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Besides, just trying to tell them about it, or just really trying to drill into their head. I mean, a lot of new players don't really know about this whole clarity stuff. Like a lot of new players, necessarily. Like, right. um. Most players just aren't concerned with it. Like the new players that get into it, they just kind of don't give a shit most of the time. Right. However, the old players definitely do know about the clarity stuff. And they definitely would probably rather play RSL than they would rather play UGC. So it's all, I think it's a matter of just telling new players to abandon UGC and just trying to boycott the league, I guess. Right. Like what happened with uh, Australia and UGC. Just like some sort yeah. of consistent combined community effort. And yeah. why don't you think that's been seen so far like it was with Australia? I just think the new players don't really care. I think they just want a shiny medal. That's kind of it, really. And as a oh. new player, like their main priority is just, you know, playing. They don't really care. They just want to play, you know? Right. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate to hear. I think if I'm if my memory is right, uh, in one of the earlier RSL seasons, Clarity was on the staff team as well. Yeah, yeah, Clarity. So like season six. Clarity. Yes, Clarity and Setna were on the admin team, and 
it kind of went about as well as you'd expect. Yeah, for like RSL you're talking about? Yeah, for RSL it went about as well as you'd expect yeah. to have OS1 admin. And maybe that kind of like killed off a lot of the goodwill, maybe like maybe it just made them go back to UGC mm. because it seemed kind of pointless. I think it just made it seem like nothing would ever change. Right, basically. right. So it's like they kind of just systematically killed the hope there. Yeah, kinda. I think Clarity was a horrible choice in picking up for picking as an admin. So you I think Sedna I mean Sedna the other admin, I think as a player he's fine. He's like a really good player. However, as an admin, I don't think he was suited for an admin position yet at that point. Hmm. And I guess so. yeah, for like new players it's like the word of like random other people who they may not know or trust against just like the head admin of the region, right? Who's been yeah. that place for so long, who's supported by General Nick, by UGC, by those complacent sources, yeah. That's yeah, like so yeah, I can sort of see that. Kinda unfortunate. So you think maybe just like Australian involvement like help like I'm not necessarily Australian, but just like from people from RSL kind of like more outreach, more awareness, more people talking <laughs> about what kind of help. Yes. If they if they knew that Clarity would have essentially like killed the hope that RSL would have been different, then yeah, they kind of killed off the hope that RSL would have been different. Hmm. And like, do just you picking Clarity as an admin. Do you think that's something that like you would be interested in trying to pursue going forward, or are you just kind of like done done at this point? As have in, you done your time? As in like becoming an admin again for like RSL or so, and kind of like spearheading that initiative. I, I think that I think it would really depend on like how much I will care about care about this game in like a month or so. Let's say in a month, uh, if I'm feeling it, I'll probably would bother to do it. But if I just don't feel if I just don't feel like it in a month, probably not. I'd rather just let somebody else do it. Somebody that probably like cares more than I would at that point. So. Who do you yeah. think would be like for the job up for the job? Who do you think could do it? It's extremely difficult to say because every person is somewhat biased to their circle jerk in the Highlander community and all that. But I think you'd have to bring in somebody completely, somebody so completely unbiased and just doesn't care necessarily to have such a to have a balanced kind of Highlander experience. Somebody that just could not give. Half a flying fuck, basically. Probably like six is admin, because they really just wouldn't care. Honestly, <laughs> they would just kind of like, okay, you play this, you play that. I don't care. They would be completely indifferent to everything. Essentially, if you were to pick a Highlander player, they kind of have the kind of, you know, prerequisite knowledge that like this, that they're my friends, this and that. Like, I know them. If you were a six admin, I just don't think you would care in the slightest. You would just be so indifferent to it that you would just end up being fair to everybody, essentially. Right, right. Okay. So that's clarity of the way. Yeah, that that's a lot to unpack. I appreciate your story there. I'm assuming it's probably something that like caused you a great deal of stress just having to deal with the... Uh... Yes, it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> it was... A source of a lot of uh, my hair falling off. To BH, I lost a lot of hair. Okay. Um. So, what are some other concerns you kind of have about the Asian region? I think the overall toxicity. To be honest, I mean, I am definitely a problem with the toxicity sometimes. But like, 
I don't know. I think just the overall consensus that a lot of players do have is just new player bad. Please never want to play with new player. Please stop it like that. Hmm. And a lot of new players just kind of get discouraged from playing, I believe. Okay. So um, what's the server situation like in Asia? Who usually provides? Quick slide all the damn time. There's no other option but quick slide. So essentially quick slide does have a monopoly over two regions like depend, like on what servers to use there's no escaping quick slide basically hmm. so is it something quick... that they particularly misuse though or is it more um, of just like a benign thing i don't i feel like monopolizing an entire region is probably pretty bad in terms of just like because the server provider would have essentially infinite power over like the league itself because they can just choose not to provide servers or boycott the league mm, right and i guess especially if you have like a staff team that you just can't trust right it's yes. like they could really set some horrible precedents up yeah okay yeah they could so what do you think could be done to change that i just think um, the only thing that you could realistically do is just get your own server and just play on your own server and just not have to worry about like, like a f basically like a third eye watching over you, uh, like with the admins or like the server provider itself watching over you. Because I feel like whatever is said in the server is a league issue, not necessarily a server issue. I think like whatever is said should be dealt with by the league, not the server. Right that's, right. that's what I think. I think. Okay. And uh, whatchamacallit, because um, Age of Fortress is a very lax in the toxicity department. Like, nobody really gives half a flying fuck about what you say. You could say the N word, you could say call people as many sources as you want. Nobody would care. Literally, nobody could possibly care. And you look at the chat logs of like, the Age of Fortress admins, right? The current Age of Fortress admins, you will definitely find like at least two racial slurs, three derogatory like slurs towards like gay people, like everything. Huh. Okay. So, do you have any ex ex like do Australian players normally like are they aware of these issues? Do they kind of try and help at all? I'm pretty sure Australian players do know about the quick slide monopolizing their entire region. I think a lot of people don't like the fact that, you know, quick slide can just choose to ban somebody for saying something, you know, in like a private scrim, private this, private that. Like as long as it's private, I don't think it's there's any point banning somebody in in private essentially. Because okay. doesn't make sense why you should ban somebody for you know, something we said in a private Discord that shouldn't anybody should know, basically. Right, right. I think, uh, whatchamacallit. But Australia as a region itself, I think the higher tier you go, like, in terms of skill, the more racist it gets. <laughs> like, that's just, like, an observation. Like, you know, you can kind of see it. The racism kind of, like, ramps up the higher you go. <laughs> Racial slurs, at least. <laughs> it's pretty interesting to hear, yeah. And um, what do you think they could do about that? 
what could they possibly do about it? I mean, Prem in in Osford kind of never would will never change. Honestly, it will always be the same kind of few players, and then you know maybe two or three like new rising players that grinded up to that point. But I don't think Osford Prem will ever really change from being like toxic racist or not toxic, just kind of racist. You know, like the racial slurs aspect because. In, in like Twitch, like outside of Twitch streams and like, you know, cast matches and like, you know, outside of like in game chat, you know, you never know what they could be saying, but you can kind of know that they're probably, you know, saying a lot of stuff that they normally can't. Right. It's kind of obvious, especially if you know some of the prem players, they just do say those things. You kind of know it. Okay. Um, do you have any other like sorts of insights to offer about Asia as a region when it comes to Team Fortress 2? I think in terms of like in Asia, I think like deathmatch skills is king. Like DM is king in Asia basically. Doesn't like you can be the absolute stupidest motherfucker on the earth and as long as you have DM you can win Diffree in Asia. DM is absolute king in Asia, I feel. Like, the game sense part kind of takes a backseat up until you actually have to start thinking in, like, this, like, higher, like, the one tier above Div 3, basically. Or, like, low Div 2. Like, right. okay. you can, you can just, you can actually climb all the way up to Div 1 on sheer DM prowess alone, technically. You could. So, DM is absolute king in Asia. Besides that, like I think Asia is just kind of as a region because of like the really weird like season scheduling, or, like the one really weird off branch or weird like branch of a branch league that formed pure league that kind of messed up the scheduling. There was because Asia Fortress is in its it's only in its like nineteenth season compared to ETF Duel, which is in its like forty sixth season or some shit. It's so like thinking about that. Asia as a whole is pretty underdeveloped compared to like other regions. I feel like in terms of like just you know meta. I don't think no. I don't think the meta's like behind or anything. It's just like kind of. It just feels way less advanced or like way less. Just you know, it just doesn't feel the same. As ETF Duel, I feel, or like RGL, because RGL, prior to adverse DSCA seasons, and RGL advanced teams, like the top, like number one RGL advanced teams, in like sixes, could literally just play Div 1 in Asia and probably like mid to top Div 1, which is kind of, yeah. So I think Asia being super small and being not, and not having that many seasons to play initially. I think the region kind of stagnated a bit. Because a lot of a lot of players just kind of like quit like after playing Diffrey, I think. I don't know. I just, they just kind of disappear. Some people, some players literally just disappear off the face of the earth and you never hear from them ever again. And like right. and and in Div 1, like the highest division in like Asia, like one team disbands then it's over. Like your team's just guaranteed playoffs if one team disbands. So like, there's not much to fight for, even because there's always the you know super team that always dominates every season, no matter what, and then there's nothing you can do about it. 
extends the Highlander as well. There's always like some kind of super team that forms, and there's no point fighting. Hmm. And do you think maybe like a healthy precedent could set in once some of these underlying social issues are resolved? I don't. F I think because of how Asia Asia is, it's just like you know, Asian culture itself, right? I think you can't necessarily fix Asia as a whole. You can't really remove the toxicity. You can't remove the you know, blatant racism, like every phobia on the planet. You know, you can't really remove that because of how Asia is culturally. Like hmm. Asians, I feel, grow up with a very like you know, you don't really grow up like ex like open minded. You just kind of like you're just taught this that and like. Your parents will teach you, yo, don't be gay. Your parents will probably tell you, like, yo, if you marry somebody that's gay, you're disowned, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And even in, like, Mongolia, right? Dude, I know at least, like, four, 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 like, four people that are, like, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and all that. They just, like, just straight up say the N word. They just say, like, they just call people the N word. It's like, to, like, describe them in a negative way. Like, and I'm ninety percent sure that probably extends to like you know Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. They they always like hate some kind of race, but they just like you know downplay. Like with Singapore, it's like you know I hate Malaysians. Malaysians are stupid. I don't know, like stuff like that. Right. Uh -huh. So I, you'd have to like fundamentally alter like an entire country and how they grow up <laughs> to change how like Asian TF2 is. Basically, the most you could really do is what Quickslide is doing, which is just ban people for like you know racial slurs or like bad, you know like just slurs in general. So what you're saying is it's a history diff. It really is kind of like a history <laughs> diff. Uh, do you think that's something you see in other games as well, like uh, like MOBAs, League of Legends stuff? Like I mean, that? I mean, you go. To, I mean, I I go. I hop on CS:GO, right? And I get into a Hong Kong server, and the first thing I see is like mainland Chinese people arguing with Hong Kong people and the Japanese people, and they're calling each other stupid dogs. Like you, just fundamentally, like could not change how Asia is, like in every game, because it is just ninety nine percent racism. You just can't change it. You really can't. I mean, I guess it's like higher levels, tier two, and all that. Once you start get affiliated with orgs, then at that point you can you cannot. But like everything below that, oh, you can definitely get away with like everything, basically. And do you think it results in just like a lot of outcasts who aren't that as like agreeing with that sort of culture, who go to like other um, regions? I mean, you can't even really go to other regions in Asia. Because, like, the routing, if you're, like, it kind of fucking right. blows thick sometimes. So you can't really escape it to Australia, even if you wanted to. I mean, I can escape it to, like, Europe or, like, RGL and all that. But, like, I don't know, some other people just can't. Like, I know, like, there's, like, some amount of, like, Asian players that do, that are, like, identify as, like, you know, trans and all that. And, like, I don't think people really give a shit, honestly. But they will definitely call them, like, you know, every slur in the book. If they could, or if they, or if they wanted, want to, and I've seen it. This guy called Mao is like he had infants as trans, but you know, everybody's like, "Ha ha, stupid," you know, that. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, are there any other like sorts of topics you want to talk about, or like questions that you wanted to ask and answer about yourself, or like your experiences, or like just Asian culture and gaming? Asian culture and gaming. Oh boy. Um, Asian culture and gaming. It's kind of it's very counterintuitive because all you know Asian parents don't want you to play games necessarily. Like it's kind of like you know the stereotype you now. If you if you know Doctor, you get out of my house like that, right? And but you know, like Koreans are like not for like being like cracked at like some games and all that. So Starcraft, and, you know, Starcraft and all that. So it's kind of like really counterintuitive how like Asian like gaming culture like formed. I feel because like your parents are definitely like not agreeing with what you're doing most of the time. Hmm. A lot of like like Asian players, I feel, just play like without their parents knowing. Really, <laughs> only when they get signed to like an org and all that with like money attached to it, then your parents will probably start accepting it. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> and like gaming culture in Asia, like I don't think people play um, play games that seriously in Asia. Anyways, they really do have better things to worry about. Ninety nine percent of the time, people just play it because they they just want to. Not because, like, you know, they want to get a career out of it. There's, like, way better things to do. I mean, I guess if you're, like, in the, you know, living in a first world country, like, you know, the States, I don't know, Germany, Europe, I don't know, anywhere else, you could probably get away with, like, wanting to do gaming as a career. But Asia, definitely not. You definitely wouldn't be able to, and, you know, people just know that you can't, so they just play it casually. So there's no, like, banny of Asia? There is definitely a Banny of Asia, but even then, he just doesn't really care that much as much as Banny does. Who is it? It is a man named TJ. <laughs> is uh, they call him, they, people call him the Banny of Asia, mostly because he just wins every season, but also because he's probably the most talented player in the entire region. I see. He called me autistic yesterday, I mean, like two days ago. That's not nice. I don't really care. You should punch him on the nose. You know something? I f I'm 99% sure like er like almost every like Asian player, right, is like they have like the same like body shape. It's like a skinny twink. <laughs> that's uh that's Should an I interesting have... comment. Exactly. Like Every Asian player that you will meet is probably one extremely fat or two extremely skinny, and there's kind of like no in between. I only know like two buff guys in like that have played Asia so far. Do you think that's just TF2 players as a whole, though? No, I don't think so. I think like you look at like Pro League and like Valorant and from Korea and all that, or like you know Tier Two Valorant and like um and like Southeast Asia, and you look at the players, and they're either like twinks or they're either just like you know very fat like i don't really see an in between i don't really see like buff players i like <laughs> the only buff players i that i have ever seen play like you know uh like is probably like two people in asia like just two people that are like unironically very healthy and like buff but like so, besides those two people nah so if you have if you have like a banny of asia do you have a bald banny of asia a bald banny of asia <laughs> What is the bald banny? I've never heard of bald banny before. What does bald banny mean? Let's see. There, 
Uh, okay, search up bold banny TF2 and you'll see what I mean. Bold banny. Ah, like, oh, like that. Um, see, I guess. Kinda? You know how I said TJ? Um, TJ uses real faces profile picture in there. Kind of everybody knows what TJ looks like. There's like a there's like a f image of like TJ, uh, where it's like a poster of like TJ that says that's like give me eighty percent heals or some shit. I, I guess that would it. be like I guess that'd be like comparable to compared to just bald manning because it's like recognizable because TJ is definitely is uh you know. What you if see? You want to win? You heal him. You I'm wanna, asking, if you want to win, you heal him. I'm asking if there's a bald banny though. Oh, bald banny. Like, uh, I don't think there is like an equivalent image of like a bald banny equivalent. I mean, oh, like I, because uh, like nobody really uses their real face besides TJ. I think everybody just uses like an anime profile picture, like an abstract profile picture. I guess. I mean, like. You do have an anime guess... profile picture on Steam. On Steam? Oh yeah. no no no! I, did you know I sold my account? Actually, like that—that that is not my account anymore. I just sold. The, just ended up selling it. <laughs> I'm glad I I asked you on Discord instead of Steam. Then. <sighs> do you still have that one added? I think so, or maybe they removed me. I I, I don't know. Well, that, that would be funny though. Like I just start reviewing you. It's just like a random person. It's just secretly no, no, coding. Cause, no, because that you know that person right is uh he, he was one of my old teammates and he was Japanese. So you would literally just be getting Japanese responses. He'd be like, oh, "Nani." Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So uh, you know, I did. I did making it. I, I did end up selling it for like a pretty decent amount of money. <laughs> Four hundred bucks. You know, yeah, I have four or five thousand hours in TF2. That's like ten cents an hour. You know, I'm kind of living the high life. <laughs> so, are there any other big sort of like things you want to talk about? Big things? I mean, I guess. How? I mean, I think I've more or less covered everything that is wrong with Asia as a whole. Is just like you know, rampant toxicity. Players just kind of like give up after a season. Like, like do super small player base. Admins are pretty stupid in EGC, especially. AFC admins are fine. Um, you know, underlying toxicity problems, like, everywhere you go in, like, Asian gaming. Okay. Everywhere you go. And besides that, like, you know, it covers more or less everything, essentially. <laughs> it's... How did you feel about their map pools? About, like, just, like, Ooh. really weird maps? Like, I believe, like, Altitude... Pro Mountain Lab, um, clear cut. Okay, so bagel, you, you know how like you know how RGL like RGL Highlander has like Demento as like the reigning spy king, right? Yeah. So we kind of have had that. Uh, his name was Sedna, and he was like the most undefeatable player ever, essentially, at spy. Like you just would never beat him ever. Like don't even try, kind. <laughs> right. Okay. And um, so he became admin as well, and he wanted to just experiment a lot with maps like CP Altitude and Pro Mountain Lab. And of course, I don't think anybody liked it at all in the slightest. Nobody really enjoyed the maps, but it was kind of interesting to see, I guess. But, right. I mean, that's it was just interesting, not really fun to play. It was interesting. 
the overall consensus we got from like playing extremely weird maps in Highlander was we should just stick to staple maps. I feel stable maps such as Bagel. <laughs> I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about like Bagel. I I think they just added in Bagel because like the general reception was Bagel was enjoyed by like everybody that wasn't in Plat. I see. so you know I could see it being like a fun pubier map. And yeah, I mean, basically, it is I mean, a lot yeah. of like. A lot of steel players seem to like bagel, so we just they just put it in because you know I guess it's fun for new players. For plat players, nah, it's pretty not fun. It's <laughs> Detroit, like, it's it's more it's worse than Detroit. It's like no like, way. It's I mean I'd argue because like with bagel meta right is if you don't have point just hold W. If you have point hold S. Like it is so unbelievably unfun to play at a higher level. <laughs> that sounds like Overwatch too. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a genius. Um, so let's... I did have one that just came to mind. Let me see if I can get back a memory. Oh, yeah, about yeah. the CP altitude meta that came up? No, no. We what was that? <laughs> so the, the strategy that we came up with was because on the first point, because the skybox was so large, it was literally just literally have your demo run a... Um, the base jumper with the state with stickies, right? And you <laughs> he just flies around like an AC one thirty. Did you have your like, pirate like jetpack jump as well on your soldier bomb? Uh, nah. It was literally like every no. I guess so, but it was only to kill the sniper because like sniper was like the only thing that could kill like your demo. Altitude meta. Yeah, the altitude meta was just have like <laughs> a carp like a carp like a carpet bombing demo and have everybody f like on your team focus all the hit scan classes on the enemy team from the side. Are there any visual demonstrations of this? Uh, I think I could pull up a demo of somebody trying to yeah. attempt it, and but like I'm not sure when it happened or who was the demo or who was it against. All I remember was that I played it and it was really funny. That's all okay. I remember. Fair enough. So, um, for, do you have any, like, people in the Asian community, or just in general, that you would like to, like, give a shout-out to? Hmm. Let me look at my, uh... Let me look at the friends list. I think, uh... I think from Australia, shout-outs to Burnt Pizza. Everybody in Burnt Pizza. They were very, uh, helpful and, uh, Joining their team and winning. Yes. Uh, let's see if other people from Australia would be people from uh, DM Lords, my open team. You know, they were absolute homies. Especially Just Jazz. He came in because my medic got banned for pedophilia. You know? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think from Asia, uh, I guess definitely. Jamal, Gale, uh, Moonchild, Aaron, Cassie, Sherlock, Vron, uh, what was his name? Flam, Karma, and Yuki. They're my homies in Asia. Uh, Redux as well. Hmm. Um, let's see what else. I think a public statement I would like to, like to say is fuck Clarity. Fuck you. Like, I I I, w I wish you'd get fired, honestly. Um, please remove Bagel from the map pool in Highlander. Base. 
please please add back in cascade i want to play cascade <laughs> yes. more over like bagel um uh shout out to I wonder if my IRL friends would somehow figure out a way to find this. Just, right, just in case. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Sheetal, Peter, um, uh, Indra, um, Matthew, Andrew, Kevin. Yeah, there you go. Okay. How about any Europeans? Any Europeans? I think people from Gata Discord probably, yeah, especially like um Matt Yeah Matt Matt J Yeah Matt J Toko Honcho like everybody in the Gata Mofu they're uh they're pretty cool people. Okay. I like reading their worldwide channel because it's ninety nine percent French and I and I take French so I'm learning a lot of reading so I'm just reading like whatever they say in French, you know, it's pretty pretty good. Okay. Thank you. And guys. then um do you think there's any like I don't know, just interesting community figures in, like, the Asia HL commu uh, community. Uh, interesting figures. Yeah, like, in a good way, in a good way. I'd say Fade. Fade is uh, the admin that came in to replace me, and he's been trying his absolute darn hardest to uh, try and deal with whatever clarity is throwing at him. He's absolutely trying his best to try and, you know, deal with it. Uh, iPhone... Yeah, 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 I have to tell the story of iPhone if you if you bring up interesting figures. Sure. So the story of iPhone goes that he got banned for cheating in his first season, and his second season and his preceding seasons, he ended up becoming the most hated Panoi player on the entire planet, essentially, and to such an extent that he would he basically got the entire country of the Philippines banned from pugging. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I I know it's like I know it's insane to think that one player could get an entire country banned from pugging, but it happened. Wow. Um and and you know, he's been a very influential figure in spearheading the meta in interesting ways. Uh he's absolutely the most crackhead individual you will ever meet in terms of just coming up with new metas. He will he is the one he always comes up with really the, the the defining metas in these weird whack ass maps and that we see in Highlander now is uh, especially the CP altitude meta. He came up with the idea to hold low grounds in CP altitude on third point, and it was actually the defining meta is to hold low ground. No way. Uh, yeah, he's a absolute crackhead. Okay. And uh, I could never match up to like what he comes up with on a daily basis. Like you should, you should see him play heavy. Like it's inspiring how he plays heavy. What's his daily ritual? His his ritual on heavy appears to be if he sees the soldier is dead, he immediately like runs to concrete in the most direct line possible. <laughs> so he's like a bee. Yes, he's uh, he's just like the most like I don't know how to really put it he's just a really interesting like player that you will he you just kind of he's not really a player that you'll ever see like normally i i feel like you see you have like your very standard you know very like cookie cutter players and when you have him he does not fit into any mold he's very mechanically gifted yes on medic not not anything else i, I think but you know he's definitely comes up for a lot of metas he sees the game in a way that we that we just don't would you say he ponders the orb as part of his daily ritual. 
he definitely ponders the orb. There's no way, there's no other way he could come up with these things that he does, like holding low. He goes against every instinct that I have as a Highlander player sometimes. <laughs> and I just kind of have to go with it, and you know, it works, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's pretty like uh, influential, I'd say, recently. I mean, he became a, uh, he became like the uh, Sixes admin recently um, for ATF 12. And he added cough high pass to the map. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. And he's shit. trying to get the vaccinator unbanned. Oh, that's, a, that's, well a, that. that's a crime. I, I don't know how that would go for him is if he's going to try to get the vaccinator unbanned, but you know. But you had me at the first spit. You know, like, he only wants to do it because he's really good with the vaccinator, that's why. Because um, when Asia Fortress had the vaccinator unbanned, right, literally nobody had the mechanical talent to use it, but he did, and he single-handedly ended up getting it banned because of how unbelievably unfun it was to play against him. Hmm. So yeah, he's very influential in, in many factories. Getting but his entire that's... country banned from pugging, that's one. Uh, negative, like, you know the integer limit of right? He has like an integer limit, like, of um, downvotes on his age four profile. <laughs> like, yeah. you just can't under like like overestimate or like explain how much of an impact this man like had on like Asia, especially like, Div Free. I feel. What would he bring to the table as the as the head admin? He would he would he would uh, settle a lot of disputes for for heavy boxing. I think that's a step in the right direction. You heard it here. He he his main his main idea as like a head admin he told me was if there's a dispute you will heavy box to settle it. I agree with this. We should we should launch a coup d'état. And as an head admin, he would definitely bring in some some experimental maps and as to how well it will go i'm not necessarily sure if i can say it will go if it will go um, as as i expected to or how well as i expected to or how well i expected to but you know you never know he has some interesting ideas but i think will eventually are pretty stupid like at first glance but the more you think about it the more it kind of makes sense in a twisted way that he sees it he sees he sees TF2 in such a different way I can't really explain. He's definitely like inspired a lot of people and definitely uh, inspired me to think about TF2 in a different way. Definitely. Hmm. Okay. And do you think there's like a way you'd suggest interviewing? I think from Asia, something somebody you definitely could interview and get a good result from is you know iphone the guy i'm talking about he's definitely a man of many words he will definitely say a lot of stuff that you might be interested in does he's, he like uh, jetpack he is a he is a firm believer in the jetpack <laughs> theory, I believe. okay uh, this this person is my best friend uh anyways okay um i think i'll go and end the recording then do you have any like ending things to add ending notes Ending notes. Uh, I am LFT Division Three. Please pick me up. Um. I uh, I think that's it. Please pick me up. I am LFT Division Three. All right, that's a wrap. Goodbye.